Hey guys, Maria Menunos here. Before your favorite TV after show begins, we want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, After Buzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Yeah, what's up, After Buzz fans? We are here with another episode of Limitless After Show. This is episode 16, Sans, Agent of Mora. Obviously, we have Enter Sandman as the intro music to get us a, get a little festive, huh, Frank? It's the perfect song to come into the episode. What a great show this was. I know. I, I really, I I really know. enjoyed this episode. We got to learn all about Mr. Sands and... All of the layers got peeled back on the onion. It was exactly, exciting. exactly. Before we uh, dive right in, I just want to remind all of our viewers to um, rate us on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you guys are getting this episode. It definitely keeps the lights on here and it keeps the content free for everybody. And free is always good. That's right. Um, but yeah, if you like the show, please comment on wherever you can YouTube, Twitter, use the hashtag ABTV Limitless. I'm your host, JB. You guys can find me at Hey John Blake. And I'm Frank Myrano. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go Frank M. Yes, unfortunately, Amanda is not here this week, but she will be back next time we are. I believe we're in two weeks two returning. Weeks. Yes. No episode next week. Sadly. Well, well, you know what? It's funny. Every time we have a break between shows, the, the episode right before the break ends up being really good. Right. I remember the episode when it was. Primarily Bradley Cooper involved with uh, Jake McDormand. Their their episode, there was a break after that one. Uh, so these episodes tend to be really, really good. And uh, so I'm happy, you know, it, it's not the best that we don't get an episode next week, but uh, this, this episode was worth it. And oh, definitely 100%. carry us over until two weeks from now. Great point. I, it was a good episode to go out on. I mean, I think I've, I'm probably watch it again next week. Yeah. I love when they focus on the main characters. You know, we've seen Sans a lot of times. He's always been shrouded in mystery. Yeah. Um, but we got we got a lot of background information about him. I mean, this is sort of like a bio episode on, on who Sands was. Um, they did it in a very different sort of Quentin Tarantino style that we were mm-hmm. talking about off camera, uh, which I thought was good. I mean, it, it really worked not only because there were so many stages of Sands, if you will, that we needed to kind of go through, but there was also different elements and storytelling tools that they used this episode that they haven't really done before. The the whole comic book element. Mm-hmm. The comic book element was interesting. I think to further your point globally about this episode was that they structured the FBI storyline to interlap with the Sands background story. They both converged in the same place at the end of the episode. So in a way, the case of the week element 
of this show fed into the serialized element when you have Mr. Sands and learning about his past and his son and so many, you know, layers um, about his past all intersected at the same point at the end of the episode. I thought that was really interesting and something we hadn't really seen so far in this show. The the episodes tended to be a case of the week with little sprinkled bits of Mora news or entirely Eddie Mora stuff. Um, This episode this week, the case had something to do with what was going on with Sands and with Finch as they're going around, uh, you know, trying to solve this case, which was rewarding to me as a viewer. Oh, uh, you know, exactly. I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, it was so much more satisfying at the end when, you know, things were happening. I mean, even to reference the very end, how Rebecca had figured it out and just arrived sort of in a Romeo and Juliet way, like right after they had left. You know, it was really so much more satisfying. There's so much build up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, initially we weren't really sure what was going on. They were dealing with the different people. Come, you know, and then we started piecing it together, figuring out that they are kind of all connected. Sands is involved. He's the father of this kid. Yes. Um, so it really built up in an incredible way. And, and I think I really hope that they do more of that because a lot of times when they do cases of the week. Um, and they do have a, you know a lot of characters that we're following. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know we we all we want to share this the screen time, but at the same time, you know I want it to all be a big picture thing. Yeah. Not every episode can be. You can't bring uh, Bradley Cooper into, <laughs> into it all the time. He's an Academy Award nominated actor. So I really love how they webbed everything together. Yeah. Um, you know, more so than previous episodes where, you know, sometimes it's it's a team thing where Rebecca and Boyle go off in one direction, Brian's handling things on, on his side, mm-hmm. and they never really meet up. Right, exactly. Um, yeah. This episode, we really got that, that back and forth. It was well-paced. I, I really liked it. Yeah, and even though Brian, uh, excuse me, Edward Mora doesn't show up, in every episode live, his image shows up in the comic book scenes that we saw this week. He's constantly being referenced throughout the episode with um, Mora and what or er, um, Sans saying what's Mora's intentions. Brian is obviously a an agent of Mora himself, right? So Eddie Mora hangs over the whole series, and so you don't necessarily need Bradley Cooper in every episode. Because his presence as a character is so large as well. We learned some very, very big news about him this week in how Sands came to work for him and how they basically orchestrated getting rid of the NZT users and dealers and ultimately Rebecca's dad, eliminating them completely off the street, which was really exciting because we've only heard about Rebecca's dad a couple times since the season premiere, the series premiere. And now we got some real clarity on that storyline that Mr. Sands ultimately was the one who killed Rebecca's dad. That was a shocker. Yeah, that was, I mean, spoiler alert. (laughs) But hopefully if you are listening to this uh, podcast or watching us on YouTube, you've seen the episode. I would have to believe Um, that they are. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, that was such a surprise. Mm -hmm. So good, though. I mean, I, I can't wait for that to really play out because... Last episode, we finally got the Sands Rebecca meeting. Mm-hmm. There's a, a small confrontation there when he kind of tried to recruit her. You know, now 
now that we know that Brian knows that he killed her dad, like, how is that going to play out? Brian is so good-hearted that I don't know if that's some a secret that he'd be able to keep from Rebecca. Yeah, that's a great point. And Mr. Sands was watching on the monitor when Brian was giving Rebecca his birthday present to her. So it was right. A, By a, the way, shout out to Rebecca. Happy birthday! It was my birthday on Sunday, so <laughs> February birthdays. You're clearly a Pisces, so yeah, she, you're awesome. You should get you her mean, to come on the show. Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> are like share this. a connection. You guys are tight. So yeah, she. I like the reason why she didn't like her birthdays. It was uh, seemed petty at first when Boyle bought her a cupcake at the top of the episode, and she kind of threw it in the trash. It's like, mm, that's kind of weird. Yeah, just cupcake down. Being, Come on. Someone's being nice to you. you know, maybe you have your problems with your right. dad, but just because someone's giving you a cupcake doesn't mean you have to throw it in the trash right away. Yeah, I really like how they closed all of the loops, really. I mean, even yeah. something as small as, as you know, being like a birthday Scrooge and just dropping the, the crup- cupcake. Mm-hmm. You know, they explained why. Um, you know, they really explained everything. They, like... Rebecca was up all night and, you know, that came back and we had her show up at the crime scene. We we know that she was very close to solving it herself. Like, you know, they everything they set up, they concluded in this episode, which I think really contributed to how satisfying it was at the end. Yeah, I agree with you there. I agree that this was a satisfying episode and it starts right at the top with action. You got Mr. Sands showing up to Brian's apartment looking for help. And as soon as that happened and Brian says, why don't you call Eddie Mora? And he says no. That's when the light bulb went off for me to say, okay, Sands is on his own. He's doing something outside of what's approved by Eddie Mora. And this is going to be a really interesting episode. Right. Because it's not something that was already approved and, and came down the pike. It was something that he was doing on his own. And when Sands reaches out to Brian to help him in his mission, he really gives Brian an upper hand, and which Brian realizes to his credit and forces Sands to give him more information about his past, uh, his past associations, where he comes from, and ultimately learns that he has a son, that he had a, a love interest, which was forbidden by the organization that Sands was a uh, part the of. forbidden love. So, exactly. So <laughs> I think... Brian got a lot of ammunition tonight and information that may come back later when I I feel a conflict is building in this show where you're going to have a big confrontation between what Brian wants and what Sands slash Morrow wants. And it may be over Rebecca, but I'll save that for predictions until later. Yeah, no, I mean, I love how how three-dimensional they made Sans' character. I mean, before we were like, oh, is he kind of dumb because Mora kind of keeps him at at arm's length. Um, He just likes whiskey. He's got an English (laughs) accent. Is that it? Uh, But, you know, not only did they give him a massive sort of agenda – in this episode, yeah. they really made him so so multi layered. Like you, obviously, we've talked about him being a father yeah. several times, but even his origin story is interesting. You know, being involved in sort of like a riot and that kind of culture growing up. Yes. Um, you know, I can only assume that he's the one that threw the brick that, yeah. that killed the cop, um, and and kind of getting in and and even. 
a small, small detail that, that he mentioned, um, kind of the blackmail into the MI6, mm-hmm. they were going to blame that um, that cop's death on his father. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's a you know family-oriented guy, like a lot of the other characters. Like Brian. Yeah, exactly. Like Brian, like Rebecca. You know, I think that there is a common ground that these characters can draw, even though that they are so different. Like... Sands is as different from Brian as Brian is from Rebecca. Like it, they're all so unique. Um, it's really interesting that they have similar values in a lot of ways. In a, in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways not. When you have Sands walking around killing his former team members with True. Brian there, they're sitting in a bar or a cafe. I can't remember exactly what it was, but you know, po- as he poisoned one of his you know former team members, that was tough to watch. Like, he was just sitting there waiting and watching somebody die. Uh, it, it was really Yeah, brutal. with no reaction. With no reaction whatsoever. Uh, Brian luckily writes out the antidote and places it on the tabletop. So hopefully that uh, team member never died. Uh, and then we saw gunshots coming from an apartment during the episode. And Sands admits to killing one of his other team members. Right. So in one way, it's, it's a, he's a very brutal character and, and unlike Brian, but when you find out that his reason for fighting and, and, and taking all this action is his family and his son trying to free his son, it becomes a, a, a bit more understandable, I would say. Very much so. I mean, it, you know, it, I think he was very desensitized to all of his training and MI6 to be able to kind of be that emotionless in, in the moment. But you really get the, the motivation. Like, finding your son is probably the highest thing you could possibly do. Like, I don't have kids myself, but I can only imagine, you know, being a parent. Like, that, you know, unconditional love. Like, that's the purest form of that. Oh, yeah. So, I mean... He's definitely not the only parent that would do anything for their child, especially with that kind of special forces training. I mean, he was essentially a part of, like, SEAL Team 6. Like, he was Delta Force all the way, (laughs) but just in in the U.K., uh, which is awesome. I mean, I love how they kind of made them all comic book sort of superheroes. Um, And then they used the, the classic Tarantino ways of chapters to break down each one and, and how uh, they were a group. Yeah, I thought the episode was really well directed because to pull off that type of visual stylistic narrative storytelling is very difficult. It's There's very few people who can do it correctly. Obviously, Quentin Tarantino is the best at it, but it added, but that style added to the storyline. It made Sans exactly like you were saying, seem like a superhero, like he was larger than life and this comic book secret agent 007 type of character who broke the rules, who fell in love with a woman and had a child, and the child doesn't even know that he is his father. So even though he has no relationship with them, Sans is still out there, you know, protecting him in in any way that he can. Um, Tanner looms large over the entire picture, takes his son away, but knows that that's the way to get to Sans. So we learned a lot about Sans tonight, and he has a much bigger heart than we think that he does, and I th- I believe we broke new ground with him, and it could be a foreshadowing moment for later on in the season. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm so curious now what like he's going to do and right. how um, 
more about his relations with Mora directly. I mean, obviously, we learned a lot about how Eddie Mora got his edge and and, and the conspiracy that's behind all this with the NZT and, and the shortage and why everybody is so, you know, like bloodthirsty over this drug. Um, so many lives have been lost, and yeah. we've kind of talked about, like, why that culture is the way it is, and we pretty much got the answer. I mean, it seems like once Eddie Mora started using it and figured out that he needed to separate himself as, you know, the smartest person on one side and and keep that advantage from anyone else, he started having Sands dispatch and and kill all of of the drug dealers spreading it away and then all the people using it, which yeah. included Rebecca's dad. Yeah, Rebecca's dad. And it wasn't just Sands. It was Houston, too, who we met this episode and who ultimately helped Sands start a new life, got him out of jail. Right, connected him to Mora. Connected him to Mora. And so they were sort of a, a tag team of killers, of assassins for Mr. Mora, taking control of the city's NZT supply. Like Brian was saying at the end of the episode, which was, I thought, really cool coolly displayed graphically um, there was a lot of NZT on the streets and yes. now it's all gone it's dried up and just a very few select individuals have it uh, the FBI has it Mora has it but that's about it uh, the The rest of the people were eliminated and this is something that Brian has just discovered he's discovered that that he killed Rebecca's dad and he knows a lot more information about Mr. Sands so I come away from this episode thinking Brian is a, in a much better position of power should anything come up down the road that he does not want to do. And I think his biggest goal in, in all of this, outside of his family, which we haven't seen so far yet, uh, a lot more of Finch's dad, his, his family. We did see his sister tonight, but I do want to make this point that I think his ultimate goal is to protect Rebecca from the Mora organization. Right as the pressure continues to mount. Now, it, it seemed like the pressure went down this episode. There really wasn't a question about Rebecca, if she knew more about the organization, um, which seemed like it was simmering last week. It, it sort of went away for, for this episode. Yeah, she. I never got the feeling where she was in danger, yeah. uh, really. I mean, yeah. luckily, as a official FBI agent, I think there is sort of... Uh, surveillance or some security that we may not see around them. I mean, uh, they're obviously very well trained, but I can only imagine that for those agents that they protect them in at least a minimal capacity, whether that is, you know, some type of keeping tabs on the on them, um, you know, with surveillance, you know, obviously not in an intrusive way, but, you know, just... Um, you got to manage your your assets, and uh, for someone as trained as Rebecca, the FBI must have invested a lot into her. I mean, she's a very smart person, but she's also very well trained. That's an interesting thought. I remember a few episodes ago when um, when Casey was killed by you know, Boyle shooting him, and they had that whole big dust up in the office right. where they're throwing smoke grenades and it was an attack on the office so I think the security there was actually really lax to, to allow them to get up to the floor but it was a mutiny from the inside so it was their own agents that were uh, the source of the issue there so. right. and yeah I, I don't want to discount Rebecca here because I think that her character would just 
you know, head on a swivel constantly. Like, she's very equipped to take care of herself. You know, the fact that she found out all that information about Sans anyway from, like, from the Mm -hmm. get-go after an initial meeting shows that, you know, she's not going to let that blatant of a security risk, you know, go unnoticed. She's definitely going to, I think, look around. I mean, maybe she hasn't found the security stuff that we saw um, implanted in her, her place yet. But I don't think that's far off. You think, okay, you think she's going to figure out that she's bugged? I think she's going to figure it out. That's interesting because I, I don't, I will disagree with you. I think that she does not know that that's coming and that Brian and Rebecca's interactions there. We got a little sneak tonight of Sans watching them too. Mm-hmm. But they weren't talking about anything that would incriminate the more organization or anything that was out of bounds. It was a birthday conversation. It was a friendly thing. He had a pillow right. that he was giving her that she could sleep on at his desk. Yeah, ostrich pillow. I've actually seen that before, and I'm glad. Like, the quirkiness of the show, I really like, because yeah. it definitely breaks up. I mean, you know, we talk about Sans poisoning people in public, yeah. and then they really shift to the other side and kind of make it fun with things like the ostrich pillow and Sans just punching Brian in the face because they have to close the loop of, of throwing his phone out when Rebecca called. Right. Um, I love those kind of funny moments that are not... Are, they're, they're for purpose. Like, they yeah. are like for a reason that makes sense and it's not just we thought this was funny. Yeah. I mean... You can say what you want about the ostrich pillow, obviously, <laughs> but you know that it's such a, like an off the wall thing that fits for Brian. Like it's something so random. Like he probably saw it in the Sky Mall, yeah, um, and was like, "Yep, this is awesome." You know, it's those kinds of, of things that aren't are so unordinary that really make it fun. It's not like you've. I don't think there's another show that has. The that nap pillow thing. Uh, that's true. I also liked the Ike and Brian's sister yes. storyline. That was that was fun. You could kind of feel there was a, a chemistry in the right. air when he he walked in. And they didn't just bring it out of nowhere. It wasn't no. like he just showed up and right. then like she slept with him immediately. Like you know, he mentioned an at least an episode back that he liked her and and wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might actually be a relationship instead of just. Ike's one night stand, but he embellished on the bullet story. He Let's did not he forget. Did. He did not take a bullet right. for Brian. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I took a bullet. That's just I'm tough, you know. He's trying yeah. to impress her. I'm like, oh goodness. But she really liked it. Bought it. All of a sudden, she was really interested when she wasn't at first. I was totally bored, and he can't come up with anything to say. So he's like, hey, we're gonna be buddies, right? And she's like, yeah. It was so yeah. funny. It was so awkward, you know. You know. He was clearly into her and, and, you know, trying to make it happen. But they uh, they ultimately got together. I liked it. I, I like that Ike was over there. And then, you know, when Brian shows back up again, he freaks out. And he wants everything sanitized and get out of my life. And you have to call him Ike. I thought that was pretty funny. 
And it broke yeah. it up. It broke up the the serious sort of dramatic parts of the episode, which which is nice. It's right. nice to take a little break. Well, yeah, I mean, it was a nice uh, little moment, uh, you know, that we could have seen coming. But it was great that they didn't like dwell on it. They didn't draw it out longer than it needed to be. They didn't make it like, you know, if that was the pr- procedural element in the in the episode, I would have been yeah. a little bit more upset. Sure. Uh, but you know, it was just like a fun little thing with bringing back. Brian's family, you know, which I, I love that story element. It definitely fits right back into Brian sort of as an older brother, you know, playing yeah. playing kind of that role. And it makes – gives him more character traits as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he was able to, to spin it in a way where he was mad but, you know, not in like a putting foot down way. Yeah. It was just a Brian it's way. Just a brother grossed out about his sister hooking up with someone. Yeah, you know? in his room. In his room, yeah, exactly. That's the worst part. Yeah. You need to clean my sheets. Oh, I would oh, I would feel the same just exact way. Made clean service. my sheets, yeah. Antibacterial exactly. everything. <laughs> oh, that would be so gross. <laughs> uh, but I, I do want to say... This was episode sixteen. Yeah, we're gonna have twenty two, so we're we're in the home stretch here now. We're, we are we, winding down. We've got about five episodes left, and I think the tension now is really going to build for the rest of the season. I think this was probably our last respite from the heavy drama that's coming. We've, we've got a lot to handle before the first season is over. Uh, Rebecca is awfully close to understanding how Mora rose, which is through the NZT. Uh, Sands is in position to catch her, researching it with her apartment being bugged. Brian now knows that Sands killed Rebecca's father. There's a lot of information that we've learned in the past couple of episodes that I think is truly going to increase the drama as we approach the end of the first season of this show. Uh, CBS has not renewed this show for a second season yet, uh, I know I saw Doug Arniakowski out there, the co-executive producer. I follow him on Twitter. He was saying, come on, CBS, renew us for season two. Right. Um, so the, the crew still doesn't know uh, if they're going to come back for next season. So I think you know, everything being – all things being equal and being shot already, they will probably approach the end of the first season as if, it's, assess, yeah. as if it's the end of the show. Uh, I can remember – um, thinking about this, uh, there was a show I can't remember exactly. Oh, um, Mad Men. Uh, they would always end the season as if they were not coming back because they never knew what their status was with AMC as to whether or not they're going to come back for another season. So I think the same situation will apply here with the show in that the season finale will feel like a series finale just in case they actually don't come back right. for next season. Ooh. Hopefully we get something big and, and juicy. I mean, yeah. Rebecca, I almost forgot about this. Rebecca mentioned that she wished for her dad to – I mean the reason why she, birthdays are kind of a, a sour subject for her is that she wished for her dad to die. Uh, you know, luckily she found out that when she did that, he was already passed. And so her wish – at least she knows that her wish didn't um, contribute in any way. Um, obviously, she had struggled with that for some time, and I think that contributed to why birthdays were just a no-mentioned yeah. topic. Did but that it, moment for you – that moment for me, I couldn't quite – I couldn't tell if she was happy that her dad was dead and not at her party or – 
upset about it enough that it carries over year by year. I, right. I didn't quite understand what the emotional impact was. Well, yeah, I, it was complicated for sure. But to me, Rebecca was more relieved that she finally realized and, and was able to stop blaming herself I see. for something that she had no control over. I think that, you know, when you are angry at someone, they didn't show up, you kind of say things in in the moment, overcome with emotion, um, you know, like she did. If, if someone you really care about made a promise to make it to your birthday and mm-hmm. didn't show and, and broke that promise, you would be upset. Yeah. You know, you could... Um, do something rash like that. I mean, that's a birthday wish. It is not really yeah. that extreme. But, you know, when it seems like it, it may have come true, like, that would be devastating. Yeah. Especially when it's so big, like your parents' life. You know, I think that she was blaming herself for a number of years, and only when she finally was able to take a step back and, and realize, oh, I found him this amount of time, that means he was... He had passed before I made mm-hmm. that. You know, now I know. Now I can be at peace with the fact that they're different and I didn't do anything even, you know, in in karma right. <laughs> to bring upon right. this. That's a good point. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And she knows that he was trying to get cleaned up. Right. So I think now that Brian has this information, it may be even more of a relief to her to know that she wasn't – or that he wasn't high or overdosed or got into it with the wrong... Well, he did get into it with the wrong people, but may have not been as responsible for his death as she may have been. Right, exactly. It wasn't like a a foolish uh, overdose. Or a suicide. Yeah, or or a suicide. But more of like a a planned hit. Yeah. So, yeah, I wonder if now that Brian knows the truth, um, that Sans most likely killed her father, yeah. you know, and Rebecca is sort of, you know, scratching on that uh, realization as well. Like, you know, I feel like it's only a number of episodes before that really comes to light. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. Um, on a separate point that I wanted to make is I think the show handles violence creatively. They aren't, they don't show you Sands shooting a guy in the head. You, you see the outside of the um, apartment building. Um, a few episodes ago, they, they switched the words. They started calling murderers huggers instead. Yeah. I thought that was too cute for me. It, it didn't ring true, and uh, it felt like they were totally sanitizing what the real actions were. But I thought the use of the comic book images in this episode was a creative way to accomplish the violence of it, uh, especially at the end when Sans is out there killing all these you know, NZT users. We see him in a graphic image, in a comic book image, specifically seen standing behind Rebecca's dad with rope in his hands. And it seems far less real and scary and R-rated if it's in the comic book to whereas if it's live action and you actually see him doing it. So I, I, I applaud the, the producers and the creative team for finding ways to express that violence was happening without explicitly explicitly showing it. No, that's a really good point and that reminds me of of something I something else I had seen in the comic book um, scene with the background of Sans and sort of how he was with this group, you know, because they were able to do it that way. You know, there was 
um, one comic book where they were like at a strip club and it kind of gave, yes, gave a yes. sense of who they were as people, you know, kind of that kind of a rough group mm-hmm. and how Sans is, you know, killing people. They're, they're very not PG and it, you know, just had the censored thing. Obviously this is a network show played at prime time, you know, in some places, if you get the East coast feed, um, where they can accomplish that. You know, it doesn't have to be on HBO or Showtime to see that type of or to get that storyline across and to get, you know, who these people are across. Yeah. You can do it in a creative way that's not explicit and it still makes sense and it's not it doesn't take away from the show, but you know, you can't you don't have to shy away from that because it's on you know basic cable yeah and i think it's what you just said is true it's so interesting when you can focus on one character we had 60 minutes we had an hour-long show just based upon one character's backstory and in exploring who they were and i think that's what's so interesting about this show it's it's not the you know the the cases and the models and the stick figures are all cute and and funny but when you dig deep into who the characters are, that's when I think it's most interesting. I still think about the episode where we learned about Boyle's military history and, and working with his friend who had the bionic arm. I thought that was so, so interesting and cool. And when we get to see Brian's background with his family and the concern that his dad has for him, um, that is what's so powerful about the show. And it shows that they have the characters. They have the story. They have the the plot that works, that creates an interesting show, and, and you can spend an entire hour on one guy. Um, so I, I, I'm hoping the direction of the show continues in, in what we've seen so far, or, or what we saw tonight, in that explore the characters that you've got. They're all interesting on their own, and you don't have to have four things going on at the same time to make it interesting or right. exciting. No, exactly, and I think that the way that they've set this up with the turmoil between characters yeah. is really interesting too. You know, it reminds me a lot of, of Game of Thrones yeah. where, you know, they do have so many characters and yeah. that's how it is so interesting. I mean, yeah. you realize like what, like the deception and sort of who, like what the characters know and, yeah. and when all of the stories, those backstories build up in a way where it starts affecting each other, that's when it really gets interesting and yeah. I, I can't wait for that to, to happen because I feel like they're really setting it up, obviously, with Sands and, mm. and Rebecca most most in the forefront. Yeah, most immediately. That's the conflict that we have ahead that's going to drive the rest of the season. How close can Rebecca get to figuring out that Mora's on NZT? Maybe she finds it out and then doesn't tell anybody and continues to investigate his sources. Um, the, the question will be when she finds out for sure that Mora is... Behind everything. Behind everything. Well, more is on NZT. Will she go further and then find out that he's behind all of the rest, the the murders of the people who were using it? Um, you know, that may have to carry into a, a hypothetical season two if right. it does come. But I think she's going to learn it very quickly. Um, she didn't learn it this week. I, I think you she predicted not, that last she week. Not, yeah. but she didn't learn it that this week. But I think it's coming sooner rather than later. And... The, the real question directionally for the show is, does she immediately confront him with it, with 
with the information or does she play the long game in trying to figure out the entire system that's happening underneath all of this? Ooh, I have no idea. <laughs> um, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a super uh, good prediction. I mean, we, we, shall we just go into predictions? Sure, let's with do that? it. We gotta go. And now, oh, you're after Buzz TV. Right, because don't you think, I mean, there are certain conflicts now that are coming to a head. Right. With this show. And there are questions that we are going to absolutely have answered within the next five or six episodes before you know, they break and go on hiatus. And I think that's one of the big ones. Rebecca's going to find out that um, Mora has been using NZT. But what action does she do, take? Does she go in the direction where she's going to take him down for everything? Or just, hey, I found this out. I'm going to go tell everyone now. Um, so... Um, that's like, a, and then we have the family aspect of it. I, I think that that scene between Nas and and Finch Finch's dad was a huge one and a big foreshadowing moment. And he said, "If if you ever put my son in physical danger, I will, you know, I will have you." And Brian hasn't been put in that type of danger right. yet, where his dad would need to take action. And I think that's coming. I really think the the tension is heightened. So if I'm predicting anything, it's that starting next week. We are going to really, truly get a, a build toward the, the 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 maximum crescendo at the end of the season, right. the climax of the end of the season, because the pieces, like you were talking about before, the pieces are now in place where you're going to start seeing you know ch- big chess moves coming uh, from Mora after Rebecca, from Rebecca after Mora, from Brian, you know, torn between two sides and having to make a choice. And then I think Brian's dad will come back into this season to, you know, try and get his son out of there. Right. I I <laughs> cannot. I mean, that's a, yeah. <laughs> that's oh man, all of that would be so interesting. I hope yeah. all of that comes true. Right. Um, I feel very strongly that Rebecca is going after something. I mean, I know that we only have a few episodes remaining, yep. um, so that doesn't give us a lot of time, yep. but. She is she's always she's so smart and she always figures it out. I mean, this episode is a great example of that because she like is basically one small step behind Brian. Yes. Like she's able to use all of her legitimate resources, not be on drugs, and figure it out in in almost the same time. So it's just a matter of episodes before she either finds Sans or Mora. And I can't decide which one's coming first. I think that one of them is coming as, like, the big finale. Okay. Um, and if it's Sans, I think Sans is gonna be, gonna be killed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, Eddie Mora, I think, would be it'd be huge. It'd be huge. But I wouldn't, like, I don't know if they would jeopardize that if they do come back mm-hmm. because, you know, that's such a huge storyline yeah. that can go for many, many seasons. Yes. I don't know if they would want to, um, you know, cap him off too soon. Exactly. The the Mora story and him as a figure holds the show together. Right. You probably wouldn't want to bring him down if you're planning on doing five, six, or seven seasons yeah. of the show, you'd probably want to keep them in place. Right, but maybe they, uh, you know, plant a seed. Like, if she does get Sans, um, she finds some clue that leads to Mora. Or, like, some, like, a Mora, vote for Mora pin or something. <laughs> like, 
Well, she uh, already knows that Sans works for right. Mora, so she. she but does right, have but I mean, like a pin, like in a some area that's like very, um, you know, that implicates him to a crime. I see. Okay. Because I think that she, yeah, she. I mean, she knows that he's connected, but there's no real evidence to NZT specifically. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe something in the lab. The one thing that we don't really know anything about still is the antidote. Yeah. So I really, I'm so curious about that. You know, obviously they kind of shut down the production of, of NZT, but, you know, how did the antidote come to be? Like maybe the people that were using it, like maybe there are naturally born people who are immune to the effects and, you know, they killed them all or something <laughs> and like took their their DNA and some, somehow... Um, you know, reverse engineered something. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that so many people were using NZT, and if it was so hurtful, if it just, you know, destroyed your body, yeah. then I don't think they'd be able to use it as much. Yeah, and there was one case in the movie that was went unsolved. You had Eddie Mora, um, when he was on one of his NZT benders, a woman that he was seen going in a hotel room with mm-hmm. ended up dead. And his attorney got him out of it, um, but that was just because he was one in a in a bunch of in a lineup, and right. so the the person who said that she saw someone like him couldn't identify him. But that case never was solved in the movie, and it was something that was left open ended. So uh, I think that could be something that could come back and if we are to follow your theory and to say. You know, something could implicate Mora and bring him down in a crime. Clearly, he's too smart now to let himself get caught. Right. But before, before he was completely on this pill and, and thinking all these things through, before he had control of it, he was still blacking out in stages and, you know, not remembering hours at a time. So I'll make a prediction. I'll, I'll just put it on the books just in case it comes true and I can come back and pat myself yeah. on the back that they'll revisit that murder case with Ooh, Mora. Nice. Because it never got solved and we never heard from that from the movie. That would be a crazy turn of events. Yeah. I would love to see that, again, it's circle close. Yeah. Um, especially tying it from the movie to the TV show would yeah. be really cool. Really cool. Um, I mean, they do a lot of a lot of the, with TV now and the catch-up ons. Like you can pretty much pull from anything. Yeah. Um, you know, seasons now go back like back full seasons. Yeah. So it's not uh, you know, I don't think it's impossible for the Limitless Show to to take upon the movie and sort of dial that in. That'd be really cool. Be great. I, would, I would hope to see that. We'll have to see. We will have to wait and see. Um, Till next time, next episode, I think it is in two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, Where can the people find you, Frank? Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go Frank M. We'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, and you guys can find me, JB, at Hey John Blake. See you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 